Good morning, no, Mona's. Good morning, Mona's. Good morning, Mr. Mona, Mona. Good morning, everybody. Oh, yeah, it's coffee morning time, guys. Welcome. Do you remember it's... that at school when you'd have to go, yeah. Good morning, Mr. Stansted. Honestly, every time that was said at school, I would be... Now, when I think about the fact that I've got ADHD and nobody knew then, the desire to get up and run because it was just like, why is everyone talking so slowly? I remember getting... I, I, remember, I used to hate it so much. Do you remember teachers used to literally clip you around the ear if you fidgeted? Yeah. Not you, just one. Well, Stop fidgeting. Stop fidgeting. Stop fidgeting. Stop fidgeting. It's a phrase all the time. Stop fidgeting. But it's funny because teachers did like... I mean, I liked school because I liked, I was very sociable. So I was always running around That's chatting a, to I, everyone. I like, I like that. Well, yeah, right. you liked it too, but... When I was young, young. Yeah. I like primary. I just... Yeah, and if something, because it's just weird, isn't it? Thinking about, about your school life yeah. from with a different perspective, like yeah. we both have ADHD. When I look back at my school life now, yeah, I look at it in a completely different way. Mm. Anyway, no, it was just that good morning, it just triggered. It's weird though, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like when I look at photos, I posted something of me fiddling with a uh, Sony Walkman in the in the eighties, and such a cute. It was photo. really interesting. I sort of when I look when you look at photos now when you're younger and yeah. you have got. <laughs> to quote a famous phrase, a pathology um, or a condition or something like that. And you look back and you think, oh, I wonder if this was it manifesting in some way. It was, But no, I just had, I just, everyone got their fucking Walkman head. I was trying to look, I was looking at the thing, no, that well, doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> well, the difficult thing you is... You see something in everything. <clears throat> this is the difficult thing, isn't it? When yeah. you get a diagnosis, so sorry, is that you, um, is that you're, you then get into this ridiculous thing of trying to work out which part of your brain is a neurotypical brain and which part of your brain is whatever it is, but... As I was saying, neurotypical people never never go through that, do they? Absolutely. So, yeah, I wonder right. if I'm responding to this because I've got a neurotypical yeah. brain. Yeah. It's, yeah very, but yeah. anyway, can you stand up? We'll have a look at your label in your pants. No, no, no. I'll, I'll just wait a second. Just wait. Just, just wait. <coughs> God. Oh, is that what you have to do to make your balls drop? No, to make them bounce up. Oh. Yeah. Cough. You, do you want to explain you the story? Why well, haven't got any balls, darling? Yeah, no, I know, that's all. Yeah, now you do it. No, I don't want to do it. No, Be silly. Oh, no, I don't want to. Yeah. So explain. Well, I don't know, you found it. You, you took over, you took over. No, I didn't, I didn't at all. I, I, was, I was coughing, with, I was fondling. I started with the label because that was the story, but now you wanted to take the story, you tell the story. I don't know the story. It's like being at a really uncomfortable. I do know the story. This is the N it? this is the NHS and Morrison's have got together and they're gonna put little warnings in your or little notices, warnings. not warnings, notices in your labels. You know, the labels that now I'm of an age I cannot read even with my glasses. <laughs> that's on. a really good one. <laughs> and three washes and they fade. I'm literally like if that's the label, I'm looking at the size of my jeans like that. And then yeah. it's getting to the point where I need a light. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says, if you find a lump. So, so this is kind of like health guidance in a label. In a men's boxer shorts. And women's a label, bras. a bit like we've been doing quite a while now um, with women's, in, in a lot of women's bras. Oh, and you buy a bra. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do very much. From Copperfield started a lot of that. But of course, my brilliant, brilliant friend, Titty Gritty, a lot of you know her on Instagram, Helen, who is um, features editor on Lorraine. It was is also responsible. She came up with the idea of change and check, so that in all your changing rooms, they have you have a, a little sign saying to check and how to check. 
And she's and that campaign has already saved so many women's lives. It makes me emotional when I think about it because Tits put so much work. And Titty had Titty mm. Gritty had uh, breast cancer herself, and uh, and she's literally saved lives. And I think when I saw this story this morning, I thought, God, it's been such a long time coming for men because you don't get any reminders anyway. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh, I like we did that. You did that on purpose. We're slightly out of sync today. Just, you're very fucking annoying, that's what you are. Fuck me so, so you. Don't, don't swear, Mark. Just fuck off. Mark, no, that's enough. You go too far. It was a, it was a nice one. Babe, 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 babe. It's just really nice. This is really boring. I this is actually a really boring thing to watch. Go now, on, how do story you know that? Every time I speak, you interrupt me. No, it's me. not true. You've told us, you're telling the story. You're telling the story. Oh, she's throwing a straw. She's actually throwing a straw. Okay, come back. Everyone's saying come back now, Nad. Well, you finished the story now. Yeah. No, no, I, all I want to say is I can't see the labels. I, I struggle to see the labels. So I, this isn't going to work for me at all. I, my take on this seriously was going to be, I don't know if I want to be reminded about my health every time I put my pants on. But I think that sums up the whole thing with men, isn't it? They, they, they won't go to the doctors. I mean, if Mark ever needs to go to the doctor, it is six months of nagging. It really is. It's a couple of appointments that I make that I then have to cancel. And so I think that's really interesting that you say that. I don't. Yeah. Because, yeah, because that is the problem. I mean, I, I feel that sometimes. Sometimes I think, God, is there almost too much awareness of stuff so that we're constantly thinking about like a lot of girls now will be feeling their breasts all the time, which isn't great either. You know, that's anxiety. It's once a month and, you know. Um, but no, I think it's long overdue because I don't really, you never really hear anything about testicular cancer. I don't know how common it is. I mean, I don't, is it, is it, a, is it right? I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't, I know in some toilets, they have some signs. They, um, I don't see, you know, I don't read men's magazines. Oh, I mean, I suppose, found a lump. I mean, oh really? I mean, I mean, I, I remember finding a lump years ago. In, in fact, it wasn't me who found it, but when when it was found, uh, I did go into hospital, and it was it was oh, I was batshit scared. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I never knew Went that. in and had it checked and everything, and it was really yeah, I was really scared at that point. And in fact, it was at that point when I was in there, having me knacker checked, that I thought to myself. I, I don't know what you at the time I did. I had a massive, massive open <laughs> But I went straight, I came out and I said to my girlfriend at the time, I said, that's why I don't want to know. I don't want to know this. I don't, none of that was pleasant. And if they told me bad news. So I suppose not everything in life is pleasant. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the whole thing of, you know, I don't know if the levels of, of health anxiety that exist are because too much knowledge is shared in every single area of life. And yet, of course, at the same time, I've often said the reason I gave up smoking was because I saw the most horrific photographs of the cigarette mm. packets. So I don't know. I'm, I'm split on this. All I know is I'm going to be able to read a fucking thing on a label. And what how do you check your balls? You quite aggressively um, have to get them to a place where they're hot and they are. What? No, no, no. Hang on. Oh. This. Hang on a minute. Do you want me to be serious? By the way, Catherine did say you swore first earlier. So no, I just... know. But I swear once and then he does it six times. Kettle, you did. Kettle, kettle, you pot. did. Okay, so this is important. You want to be in a state where your testes 
are hanging away from the body, which means you need to be hot so that they are not contracted up oh, look, and Russ, tight. Russ says not in the bath is Exactly, so that you're not contracted and tight against the body. And once they're loose and once they're you have to have a really good old rummage around. You have to sort of hold the actual globular ball. Oh, okay. No, 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 this is important for me. What if somebody's having a bacon sandwich? And you have sandwich? to check round the rims and you have to check where it connects to the kind of... Do you know what I'm thinking of? Bacon rinds. What's happened to bacon rinds? You know when you get Why bacon... Why did we get to bacon rinds from my testicles? Hang on, no, babe, babe, you're thinking of the wrong kind of testicle sack. No, no. Are you thinking of a testicle sack? No, I'm thinking... No, no, you know tainting from that. Scrotum. You know, yeah. Oh, don't say scrotum. Mark. Scrotum's a great word. It's a fabulous <sighs> word for what it describes. Go on. You know the line that goes like that down the middle? It's quite neat, isn't it? No, but that's a bit Sorry. like a rind. <laughs> like a walnut. Walnut. Like a walnut. Edward's just said oh, walnut. Did you? Yeah, just like a walnut. What was wrong with the rind? What's wrong with the bit? No, because when you were saying, anyway, carry yeah. on. Butcher's what? bacon. Oh, you have to get it at the butcher's to get a rind. The middle of a scrotum doesn't look like bacon rind. If it does, I had to, had to no. think what you've been nuzzling away at. No, no, but I was just thinking when you were saying get in there, get around there, I was thinking if somebody was eating a bacon sandwich now, it would put them off if they had a rind. Anyway, on the most important note that I want to give you here, guys, is don't check your balls when they're when your sack is tight, okay? Or you're cold, or they're, they're hugged to the body. You have to really be in hot, like, like someone said, in the bath is the best place, or what you can when you're in bed and you're, you're warm, not just not when you're cold. So how often do you do it? Um, I check mine. In fact, I'll do a check now. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> is, it like, is it like women, though? Is it once a month? I do it every two or three days. Mm. Just in case, because when I found oh, that, look, when Rachel, I found my the nodding, son is in remission from testicular the, cancer. Oh, there you go, Rachel. So you will be loving that people having this conversation. Am I right? Is it right? Do they? Is that what they say? I mean, I, it was a nodule. That I found. The other thing to bear in mind for lots of men is balls have lots of nodules in there, like boobs have lots of bump. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't mean anything. And that's what I had when I went and had mine checked. It was just a nodule that then wasn't there after a while. You just get sort of little. Yeah, that's in. like why you're supposed to look at your boobs and feel your boobs lot. So you yeah. know, because everybody's is different, you know. Um, mm. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's a good move. Paula Farron, you're, Nadia, labels. you're unreal. You can't be prudish about it. Okay. You can't. You, you can little choose bit. your prude. I do. Yeah, but you're Smart, a, without regular. resurrecting a nightmare, but you are a bundle of contradictions that you don't see and everyone else has to just tolerate. I know, it's so annoying. Damn straight. Anyway, but can we check them later? And also, it's very normal for one for a man with one testicle to be much larger than the other. But if it gets larger, that's another sign. If it gets, yeah, if it becomes so out of balance. And you change in shape, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and here's a weird, this is oh, a weird... Oh, wow. cancer at 24, another one. Wow. Son, five years wow. cancer well free. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's like my friend Tits is five years yeah. now. It's like, oh. And, and another aspect of it is, is that, I mean, you know, the balls are quite hard, obviously, because they're balls, but they, you can squidge around them, you know, they slip and slide, you know, they're hard to kind of get a grip on sometimes when they're loose. But another sign, genuine sign of, of potential trouble is when the whole sack and the ball feel quite sort of woody, sort of like it's quite, the whole mm. thing is quite hard. And if you, you know? just joined, it's because he was told all of this when he had a lump that turned out to be nothing. Yeah, and we're talking about the fact that NHS and Morrisons are putting little labels in the underwear and in Y fronts. I mean, I put a Y front on, on uh, our IG stories. I put Y fronts. Where's Y? 
Well, of course, the wide front is all about being able to lop the, the, the chap out, isn't it? Quite easily without having to get your, um, you, know, you know, back in the sort of, you know, wearing, what are they, long johns and stuff like that. So you can just flop it out. But I would recommend that you go to the NHS website and see exactly how to do it properly. Yeah. Because he's not a bollocks expert. You are, though, aren't you? Not. She's probably more of an expert than me. She's seen more, she's oh handled God. more, she's probably juggled more. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so pleased you're talking about this as Sarah Fox. Okay, right, serious subject, serious subject. We, we touched on this on the No Name Sunday show. We did the news on the, Sundays, on the Sunday show yesterday. But this is, of course, Lucy Letby. I mean, the news may well land quite early today. She's going to be sentenced today. Uh, for um, the murder or killing of, is it seven children now? Yeah, seven babies and the attempted killing of six. Though, of course, there's a strong suggestion that she was responsible for more deaths. You only have to look at the attendance, you know, the, you know, the check-in kind of uh, spreadsheet of how she was present for virtually every conceivable problem that, that happened on the ward. Investigations are going to be happening. There's lots and lots of questions to be answered here. But the thing that's swirling around today is obviously she's going to be sentenced. It's going to be a strong sentence, but of course it's kicked up the idea well, of the discussion. Be life. I mean, she's not going to yeah. come out. So they said she's going to be one of the few, because there aren't that many people that, that are going to come out. Yeah. And I think what you're saying about life and whether life means life feeds into the next topic, which of course is the death penalty. And of course the death penalty also always comes up when such a, a sort of horrific, heinous. heinous crime or criminal kind of arises, one thinks, well, this must be the only potential solution to this. So two things to discuss and have a think about in the live chat. Um, should, should there, in extreme cases such as this, should the death penalty be available as a possible form of punishment? And should she, because she isn't going to be in court for the sentencing, should she have been compelled or forced to be in court as opposed to the fact that she's going to be in her cell. Though, as I understand it, though she's going to be in her cell, she also doesn't have to watch or listen to what's no. being said in court. And the punishment for not coming to court is an extra two years. <clears throat> I was just listening to a lawyer on LBC that was saying, of course, that's going to be meaningless to her because she knows that she's, it's highly, highly unlikely that she will ever get out. Well, she won't get out, will she? Um, <clears throat> I, think, I think it's really important to say, just before we get, get going on this topic as well, because this is, Quite important. This uh, Zoe Agnew, obviously a, mm. a long-standing follower of the channel. Uh, I, uh, your sister uh, was very unfortunately lived very closely with with uh, Lucy. Uh, and Zoe says, I know I've said this before, but my sister lived with her first year in uni, and it's been a hard week for Sarah listening to it all. Some of the stories Sarah has told me have been chilling. Which is, I've really been actually thinking a lot of you, Zoe, and your sister. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know where you were at with it, but. I was going to say it's just on really this. It's really interesting because that that mm. that layer that you gave us, which you know, which was and obviously I'm not going to betray any, anything here, but the what you said about her being the way she was at university, um, yeah. I'm amazed it's, that you couldn't actually. I wonder whether, have you explored or has your sister explored the idea that she can give some kind of character portrait to someone? Is there someone, you know, in these instances where further investigations and interrogations are being done, I think your, what your sister's gone through in her experiences would be really valuable. If I was doing... Yeah, the if, family really want further, yeah, you know, they, they the want families, to know yeah. more. Oh, her family. Yeah, no, the families of the babies. Oh, right, so it's a it's just so chilling. I was saying to my, I was listening to a podcast about it last night. I just can't actually believe it. 
how long it went on for and just the detail that she went into with people taking the baby's footprints and handprints as they died you know to just for their parents stuff being so upset because the parents had up to ivf all this i mean it it's just so sociopathic absolutely sociopathic um I was listening to one of the police officers saying it was so strange when this was when they first arrested her that when they went he said they would have she would have known we were going to come eventually and everything was there. Did you see the footage though? We showed it on Friday. It's it's, it's yeah. compelling. I think someone used a really brilliant it's phrase yesterday. I can't inside. think of it was someone said it was the the banality of evil. She mm. she manifests someone mentioned this I think under the no name Sunday show yesterday. The banal she's she's a manifestation of how banal evil can be. It's and that's something that's really interesting for me because I think it's often that sort of almost suburban aspect. And I don't mean that in well, a disrespectful way to suburbia. Beige. I grew up in suburbia with my nan, but yeah, yeah, that sort of That's one of the nurses was saying she was so beige. She could beige, just, she could just move right. around unnoticed. And I think Chilly. for people like Zoe Sisson and other people that have brushed up against her in the years before this mm. and had felt her evil, you know, when you think about the ripple effect of somebody like this, obviously, mm the parents and, and the families of these parents have lost these babies right there at the top. But the nurses that work with her, the doctor, I mean, people have been pointing a lot of fingers. How did this doctor not know? How did that not know? Mm. They're all going to feel they're all, the, the impact on all of that. They will have changed all of those people's lives. I mean, I thought it was an interesting... And for her to just say, well, I'm not coming and I'm not listening and I'm not... It, it's just another yeah. kick. I mean, um, I was thinking long and hard yesterday about, we had a chat about this during the news yesterday on the Sunday show, and Nanny Dye was involved in that, and she was talking about how she can't sign up to the, the term evil, which I think in and of itself is an interesting debate and topic. I don't agree necessarily, but I don't disagree entirely either. Um, but I think one of the things that, that, that does come up with this, with this whole topic is the idea of, yeah, pointing fingers. I think something that my mum said, which I thought was quite interesting, was... Don't forget, an awful lot of people around this, even though they were making, have, they will be have found to have made a huge administrative errors, made, made mm. terrible sort of, you know, conducted terrible oversights, made big mistakes, mm. misjudgments, all these kind of things. Don't forget, in the vast majority of cases, and I'd have thought near, probably nearly all of them, which still doesn't mean they're not liable, nor should be tried for corporate manslaughter and held responsible, very few people would entertain this as an actual possibility. Well, that's it's not one people of the consultants. Sat there going, oh, well, she's clearly getting this away is one with of it. the consultants that was talking yesterday. He said he just, you just couldn't imagine that. Right? Because no, of course I don't remember the first time I met her. She was a nurse. She was. Yeah. Everyone kept saying she was beige. You know, beige. She just floated around. She was just a nurse that came in and went out. But she did. People were suspicious of her for quite a while. Right. And there was one particular baby, a little baby. He was actually doing well. He was born premature by cesarean. His mother had high blood pressure. And um, he was actually doing incredibly well. And this was all over his notes and everything that much better than they thought he would do. And, um, and, and you know, she, she, she murdered him. But she had to be, she had to, and then she had this just urge to be around the parents. Yeah, that's the bit I And I, one I of was, the nurses was... said she had to keep reminding her that she wasn't supposed to be there, that yeah. the parents. And do you know what she yeah. said to these parents? Mm -hmm. She said, because they they resuscitated the baby so that the parents could say their goodbyes and stuff. She was supposed to then leave. She came into their room with the bassinet and said, "So you've had your time now. We can take the baby and and take take the baby." Not her job at all. And the father said they were so shocked because the baby wasn't 
hadn't died. I mean, they've resuscitated enough to spend those last few months. Very hard not to and believe in evil when you hear that. The evil of that. Yeah, it's very hard not to believe in evil. It's just another layer. Now, on this on this subject of whether she should be in court or not, I my initial response to that was, God, absolutely. Well, can I just before because I wanted to, I wanted to oh, tee you up okay. for that. Sorry, just with a couple of comments here because I've, I've right. asked the poll. Ninety six percent are saying yes, she should go into court. That was my feeling too. And I just want to read a couple of comments just on that. Death penalty says Lee Durrant is an easy way out, in my opinion. Steph, death penalty is a no, but let's treat prisoners with punishment instead of more respect than the average person. You're kind of saying make it, you know, make it difficult, make it not not a sort of a, a a luxury, relatively. Um, a number of other people are killing young innocent lives before they've... Oh, sorry, Leah, that's you as well, sorry. The consultants were made just... to write a letter to apologise to her for accusing her by the hospital trust. I know, that's ridiculous. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, 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 sorry, I think they've all flied out. Uh, 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 don't reintroduce the death penalty, Gabrielle. Let the perpetrator suffer alive for the rest of their life. Also, our justice system isn't robust enough to reintroduce it. Sorry, I can't find the comments. They must have flown up because we, 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 they Very went up so far. Very good points, not robust Really good enough. points. But Look at Andrew McKenzie, this poor man that just did 17 years in prison yes, yeah, yeah. for a rape he didn't But a couple commit. of people have said, drag her to court. And one other person said, how can you do that? How can you literally drag someone to court? I mean, should we? But then you really, because I, I was of the opinion, absolutely she should be there. And then yeah, but then I was listening to this lawyer who's also an advocate for friends and family of murdered people on LBC, and she made a really good point. She said, the thing is, you would imagine that when somebody's in court listening to the witness impact statement, not the witness, the victim, victim impact, statement. impact statements, you would think and hope and imagine that that person is sitting there listening, maybe even crying, maybe even, you know, something. She said, but so often... They are distracting, they might be shouting stuff out, they're talking the whole time to their counsel, smirking, and it doesn't actually give those victims what they need. Mm. Um, so, and of course, she said, of course she's not going to go in because she's still trying to pretend she didn't do it and she doesn't want to see those families and it will only add two years it adds two years to your sentence if you don't go and listen to the sentencing i'd go a little bit further. and she said it, that, that's that's meaningless to her and then tom swarbrick was saying i think they should be in their cell and listening to the impact statement on a television we don't need to see them don't need to see their faces don't need to see what they're doing but they should be forced before the victims to feel that they've been heard. heard. Yeah, and, yeah. And, is, and that's not the case, because apparently she can actually stay in her cell, but not listen to it. She, oh, yeah, she, she doesn't have to listen to it. She doesn't have to listen to, to, listen no to it or hear anything, or no. anything at all. I mean, you know, the other thing about this idea that, you know, for, for victims, having the person in front of them, when I've seen these cases, the vast majority of cases, the trauma and the heartache and the tragedy that's happened to the victims, you know, when they've lost a loved one, no amount of whatever you potentially think you want to see or might see in the face, demeanour, response of the villain in the piece, if you like, is ever going to be sufficient because it's an unquantifiable grief. And I think once you'd said what you'd said, I've just, I've just gone down the route of thinking procedure, 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 of course you should be there. And actually, what are the victim impact statements about? They want to share exactly what's happened here authentically. And I think in many regards, I think in many regards, it's, um, it's a case of, I think what you've just said is really interesting. I think forcing her to listen to it and the victims knowing she's listening to it elsewhere is almost stronger in a sense and perhaps more could be more successful in delivering what the victims need in a sense, 
than if she were to be, um, you know, if she were to be actually in court. Because the amount of times that will just be the next trauma, will be their disrespect or their disengagement or their, uh, their disattachment from the actual severity of it. Exactly. And I think it's baked into this kind of grief. What's happened is so spectacularly horrific to the, for these parents or parents-to-be that what they bless them will be searching for is ungettable. They like, this is what this lawyer was saying. You know, they would want to see tears. They would want to mm. see an apology. But the tears they want to be enough. But what you often get is somebody like very facedly looking and and goading mm. the victims further. So yeah, before before I listened to that woman, I would have said, "Oh, make them go, force them to go." But is that is that you know does that actually exacerbate the situation in some situations? I think the majority of people here are kind of saying, you know, there's an interesting piece that you pulled earlier about death penalty for Lucy. This is something in the Telegraph, an opinion piece, sort of talking about how. Whoever's writing this the uh, oh, no, in the Telegraph saying, Tim Stanley saying, you know, I used to be in favour of it, then I wasn't in favour of it. But, but I, th I think what he says is, is fair enough. I can, I can totally understand the desire for it in certain scenarios and situations like this. I, I would want, I see, for but me, I, think I just would want them, I think prison is horrific. Mm. I, I, think that, I think that one can't even imagine. I've been, I've filmed in a few prisons and I've filmed in the good prisons, the better prisons, and it's horrific. Mm. really really just beyond mm. so i think prison is bad enough in this country i think prison in this country is fucking terrible actually i think sometimes we are inhumane in the way that we treat the yeah. people um in so i think the rest of your life when you're how old is she she's going to be at least mm. 50 60 years in there she's going to have a hideous, she's going to have a hideous time in there as well much worse. Tony Ellis, she won't be liked in prison. They don't like child killers. <laughs> you know, she, right. she is not going to have a good time no. in there. Lisa Child, this is interesting because a lot of people are kind of pivoting around this. Everyone now needs to make sense and wants to make sense, understandably, of where this horror, evil, malevolence, where, where could it come from? And it's almost like in the absence of trauma, is the absence of any obvious trauma, is that what could suggest that there's some just evil? Um, are we looking at some, you know, extreme manifestation of sociopathic, psychopathic, narcissistic... You don't have to always have had trauma to... I mean, Charles Manson, apparently, had, a, had a, a very decent family. Yeah. It's not always about having had a, a bad childhood. But don't you think it's really interesting how we all hunt for what the kind of almost medical because cause is? Because we want is. to feel safe. Yeah. Because we want yeah. to think, we don't know anyone that that's happened to. We yeah. don't know. That, that's, that's why we do it as humans. Mm. No, absolutely. But what do you do? So that's what I'm asking. So what do you do? when you can't find that stuff when you look at her life in a granular fashion and you you know you can't get in the head of someone but you know that's the scary bit that's the scary bit. and it goes back to that curious contradiction i've always found when in cases like this they'll often have a moment where they have they bring in some psychologist who's there to prove that they were of sane of sane mind that they were you know that there was sanity involved in the making the decision the very act itself is proof of insanity mm. in some capacity. So, you know, what is this spectrum of sanity that's used in these cases that seems to often impact on the kind of sentencing? Uh, do you know what I mean? It, it's curious, because am I right in thinking with the Yorkshire Ripper? If, if they could prove that there was some kind of psychological disturbance, they could be put in a sort of medical wing or in a, a mental institute. And they but, that's, but that's almost worse. Because you, you have no end to your sentence. Yeah, but you know that. But it's, it's, a, it's a kind of legal splitting hairs. The person has murdered all these people. They are clearly unhinged and insane. Mm. Let's get past that. That's a given. 
Do you know what I mean? Well, it... yeah, what kind of society are we if we say it's sane to murder at least seven babies? I mean, that's what yeah. we know of, seven yeah. babies. Yeah. That's not, to me, that is already insane. Exactly, that's my point. I mean, I've yeah. never understood it when I was as a kid. I used to think, well, why, they, why are they bringing that. in a psychologist to discuss whether this person's sane? He's just bonkers. chopped all their who arms off that? and threw them who, in a fridge. Yeah, who could do that? <laughs> is it... But 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 but, but, it's because, but that's why it always goes back to that discussion of evil and yeah. insanity. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's mm. fascinating. I mean, unfortunately, mm. it's in the members' area, but I mean, it's an interesting. Debate. I, 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 I troubled with. I was struggling with what my mum was saying yesterday, but I, I kind of get it. Um, so yeah, the death penalty's answer there. Okay, I, I, I just wanted to touch upon um, Brittany um, again, and, and the only reason I wanted to touch upon Brittany before we talk about um, Queen's music is we talked about this again in the No Name Sunday show yesterday about you know, the footage and posts and all that kind of stuff. And how there's a sort of appetite to kind of have this narrative going that she's going to, cut, you know, crash and burn. She's going to, you know, people are going to start to say, look, she was, she was mad. She, she should have had the conservatorship, all this kind of stuff. And there's this element in the press of wanting, will, willingness to come true. And I think this is exactly what's happening. Meghan and Harry's relationship is doomed because the press will not allow it not to be doomed. So that's that. And I think the press has that power. And I think the same power is, is potentially at work with Britney. And then, having said all of that, late last night, um, I was on the sofa at a stupid clock, and, and I, a, a post popped up by Brittany, I don't, I don't know why, on Instagram, and it had just been posted 20 minutes ago. So it was, it was about as fresh as what, well. even TMZ hadn't picked it up yet. They were on one where she'd been in bed, sort of topless, kind of rolling around. And it was footage of her with these guys licking her legs. And it was just really difficult because my first instinct when I saw it, which must be a lot of people's instinct, the father in me kind of went, oh, for God, oh my God, be careful. Because it just looked dodgy. She's got some strange dude licking her legs. And I, I couldn't make out what she was saying. It didn't really seem to make much sense. And then she was being held in a line by six men. And then I, this morning, thinking three. about it, three men, I was thinking, you know, again, is this just her right to do whatever she wants to of do? Is. Or, or, or is she it's needing some help? It's absolutely her right. It's absolutely her right to do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. And, mm. you know, if, if the rumours are Clean true, and again, and again, we don't know, you know... We don't know what's going on, neither should we. It's two people's private life. But, you know, the rumours are that he's accused her of having an affair. And what I saw by that is that thing, you know, when somebody just keeps accusing you of something and then you go, all right, you know. And, you know, it's probably just hijinks. People have, do get like, you get pissed late at night, you post something that you would never have posted before. But this is the problem. Everyone is going to have the magnifying glass on her. And that could literally send her over the edge. She just... Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a worry. I think the thought that her dad could win on this just like sends cold shivers through me because I think he was evil what he did to her, I really do. A number of people here saying Sarah Withington conspiracy that it's not Britney in the videos. Really? Really? Do we believe that? I mean, you know, I suppose the difficulty with this is you don't want a situation to develop. This is, this is from, from a purely human, forget what, for a minute, park to one side the whole conservatorship um, drama. Let's imagine that hasn't happened. And then let's deal afresh with the fact that you're dealing with someone who's had a ludicrously difficult relationship with fame, et cetera, et cetera, in the public eye. At what point, you don't want a situation to develop where everyone's too afraid to actually say, yes, there's some cause for concern here because she's fought so hard for her freedom. So in, what I'm trying to say here is that we almost all, everyone almost, from a place of care, steps back too much 
because actually we want to really illustrate her freedom from something that was clearly incredibly controlling, uh, came from some of the worst intentions, whatever, what have you. But my worry sometimes is, you, it's, it's, it, this happens sometimes in parenting, where you, you fear that maybe you've been a bit too strong in this instance, so you, you rein it back, you dial back, you loosen up the reins. But in loosening up the reins, you also allow for a totally separate set of situations to develop that are actually quite troubling for her. And when I say, does she need someone to step in and help? I'm not suggesting a conservatorship. I'm not suggesting anything like that. I'm saying, where are the people, look, it, 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 does she have a, like all, big stars do. Does she have a manager who's literally just managing what goes out? You know, like Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon at the weekend had a manager managing the images that went on to social media, you know. That is, I wouldn't is... want anyone to manage what I decide to put out on social no, media. No, but maybe just giving you a bit of advice. Why should she? Well, not she? managing it in certain, there's a difference between managing and control. I mean, like no, your agents, your agents would say to you, and I wouldn't recommend doing that, and you wouldn't be like controlled by, no, 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 but if there was something that happened that was right on the edge, they might say, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that, and that's not control, it's but just like advice. But only if I asked. No, it's a good point, because but only if I asked. If I said, what do you think? And that's my right. Mm. And, you know, I just think it's such a slippery, slippery road to decline. Somebody mm. is diagnosed with a mental health condition, and then everybody's got the right to say, oh, this could be worrying, that could be worrying, this to do, and that's how mm. the control comes in, and then the control runs away. And listen to look at what happened to her with the conservatorship. No, Let's not forget yeah. just how extreme that was. And you know yeah. what I see when I look at her? I see somebody, you know, as Perez says, traumatized by fame. Um, there's a certain amount of arrested development for people when they are famous from a very young child because everybody does everything for them. So there's often a kind of maturity stroke immaturity that goes on yeah, right, go and on. I still feel like when she's posting this stuff I still feel like she's just sticking her fingers up and going do right. you know what I'm gonna do whatever I want do you know what okay let me do that all right do you know what and and it scares me that people start to very quickly talk about maybe she needs to that's not what I'm saying. No, no, I'm not saying you. That's not, not what I'm saying No, I know you're not saying that, but I'm saying that's what a lot of people... I know you're not saying that. And I just think, at the moment, she looks to me to be somebody that has been, you know, left again, and that's very painful. The only line that she said about this is it, it was just too painful. It was just got too painful with him, for whatever mm. reason. And just... she's acting out. I get it. I, no, no, I agree. I, I think what I'm trying, I'm not having made clear what I'm trying to say. I, I, I think there's a danger that in a desire to not be seen to be in any way controlling, that almost to just Control. check in with her and check that she's all right yeah. is not a bad thing. And I'm just asking the rhetorical question. Is I there think, anyone in her life is actually asking that? I think when you are worth the amount of money that she is worth, there are always people looking after you. I mean, you know, she was out the other night driving her whole security team with her. You've got a security team, you've got somebody organising mm. the security team. These, these people become mm. products for other people making a lot of money. Mm. You know, nobody, nobody that's worth that amount of money is ever truly left alone, are they? Lucy Heaney, Sinead O'Connor always mentioned it was exhausting trying to prove you are sane. Yeah. There you go. Queen's fat In an girls. insane world, you know, who says? Yeah. Okay. You can be wacky. What about she's just wacky? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just... exactly. I mean, I agree. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I might not understand what she's talking about, but does that mean anything? Not necessarily. Mm. Um, 
we talked about this briefly yesterday, but it, we didn't really, it didn't really sort of resonate for me. But it's funny, when you sent me this, Queen's Fat Bottomed Girl is being, interestingly, the papers would have you think it's been taken off a normal greatest hit by Queen, but it's not. It's been taken off a children's album. Uh, and so this is Queen's Fat Bottomed Girl's song, which for fear of offence has been removed from a children's album. Um, it's interesting and this for you, it, it did because it's a real sign of the times because when this came out me and my sisters and I don't know if anybody else has got any memories me and Dina used to sing this to the rafters it was it was just such a great tune we just loved it we felt empowered we felt sexy we felt because we were always and Dina I always say has a Kim Kardashian bum naturally she totally does and I always thought it was beautiful, but when we were growing up, it was just like the worst thing was to have a big bum. Everybody wanted to have the Christine, Christine Brinkley, you know, the like skinny jeans, the Californian jeans, the Californian look. We were beautiful. I can look back now and I can say that Dina and I were absolutely beautiful. I can also tell you, we never felt it. <clears throat> we were so dysmorphic with our bodies and with everything. We always wanted to be somebody else and to look like somebody else. And, you know, it's a very Middle Eastern thing to have a big bum, actually. And um, this song came out and we were like, girl! and it was really empowering. It like, almost could have been written by a woman for women. But of course, the times have changed so much now and everyone wants a big bum. So I can totally understand why it's been taken off a children's album, because anyone with any daughters will know that the constant thing is, but like I've got a friend of mine and she, she was like, oh God, I'm so worried about my daughter, you know, bun's getting so big. And I was like, do you not realise that's what they all want? Hmm. That's what they are all it's after now. Everyone else will be jealous of her. And she's like, really? I'm going, yes. So, um... I think from, I actually do think from a children's album, I get it. Because it's making children again conscious of what they've got or what they haven't got. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I, I, was, I was never really a Queen fan when I was young. Maybe I was a bit too oh, young for them. But, but, but when I look, if I'd have seen that album cover, I'd have looked at it a lot. Um, <laughs> and, but, but look at the lyrics. And this is interesting. This always fascinates well, me because when people actually drill into the lyrics, you, you kind of start to get, oh, uh, okay. So it's written by Brian May. It says, left alone with big fat Fanny. She was is such it? a naughty nanny. Oh my Heaps God. big woman, you made a bad boy out of oh me. Oh my God. You make the rocking world go that's round. That's the only bit where you stop. You said, fat bottom girl, they make the rocking world go round. No, but I think that's what's really interesting though. So Never you, knew those words. I think it's really important sometimes when you get a bit <coughs> hysterical about the, the, if you read any lyrics like cold mm. on a table, it's like if you if you just text speak, isn't it? Taken out of mm. context. The spirit of the song is one thing, but if if you can take from something that okay is isn't particularly pleasant about a, a big nanny who possibly taught them how to have sex, um, mm. you know, if you've taken something positive from it and you've reversioned it, then what's the problem? Do you know what I mean? You, you yeah, took exactly. from it something that was in, enabling and empowering. Well, this is the problem when you start to um, you know drill into. What's, it, what's the word called when you stop? What's the word when you stop people doing things? What is it? When you drill into cancelling? No, no, no. Preventing? No. No, no anyway. Oh. That, that's the problem when you do whatever this word is. You know, when you start banning things. Right. You don't know the, diff, the impacts on people in different ways. Yeah. It's like we were yeah. talking the other day, weren't we, about the um, um, Leonard Bernstein 
film and the, how his how his family is so happy with the mm. with um, Bradley's performance and and you know all of that and yet other people were taking offence for the family mm. and with something like this this was an such an empowering song for us and many others. Um, but that's never really taken into account, is it? No. It's weird. No. We've got to a weird place in the world. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the other thing Where about the all angry of angry are the most listened to. That's yeah, but also thing. a lot it's of the angry pre. We're getting we're entering quite a censored era because we are. we're having that's stuff decisions. We're having decisions Sorry. made for us, <clears> and in fact. You know, one of the joys, if you like, of the 70s and 80s was, yeah, stuff was coming at you culturally that perhaps wasn't mm. right, but you had the opportunity to either twist it to your own gain and advantage and find something in it. And maybe when you're older, you look back, it's happened with a number of songs, you go back and go, oh, is that really what they were singing about? Well, oh, I, I, I didn't okay, know I was I supposed to be that. offended. Yeah, but if Can you Can I be offended retrospectively? <laughs> exactly, and if you weren't, does that mean you were in any way wrong? Trina keeps saying thank you so much for the book reviews. Oh, she bless you. Them. And also, um, someone's daughter, Ashley. Happy birthday to Ashley. We, I, I didn't know if it was Ashley our Ashley, but um, but happy birthday to Ashley. Um, what's that? Georgina, I'm, I'm a big bottom I girl and I always felt... Hang on, let me find it here. Uh, Georgina, I am a big bottom girl and I've always loved this song as I felt it was a song celebrating being bigger. Yeah, people don't listen to the actual detail of the lyrics, they just hear the fat bottom girls are... But it's like anything, isn't it? It's like you could... You could go to a gallery and you could you get a thousand people look at a painting or look at something and everybody's going to get something different from it. So who are the right police? Erin mm. says, explicit lyrics don't push social expectations. It's not really about individual songs. It's about how so much staff seems to push some ridiculous notion of what bodies should look like. And that's why it's good, I think, that it's taken out of a children's album. The pops don't lie. Strange to think the world is more open about certain <clears throat> issues, but more critical of language used. Interesting mm. point, yeah. Mm. Just finally, I just just as a footnote, obviously it was the football yesterday and uh, we lost, but the league, did you see that the oh woman who God, scored the goal so for Spain, so awful, tragic, awful. immediately after the final whistle blew, she discovered that tragically her father had died. Imagine that bittersweet moment. Whilst and, the match was on, Yeah, yes. So, yeah, so she found out straight after the match, the final whistle. He died whilst she yes. was watching the match? Yeah. Yeah. So she came off the pitch to find out her father died. And what was doubly tragic about that was, I don't know if you noticed, when she scored the goal, she sort of lifted her shirt up to reveal the undershirt. And I think on that oh. undershirt was the name of a friend who had tragically lost their mother recently too. Oh, so, no. I mean, parent, oh, that's you know. really nice. No, no, and I thought just that, that moment, there's a photograph every, everywhere of her joy of having won. And there'll be just moments after that, she'll have been told such sad news. I mean, oh my God. Let's hope her father saw her score and, and you know, win the World Cup for... If you were really her parents, so say like, would you lie? Would you lie? So if, if you were your mum and your dad, would you lie and say he did? Mm. Would you? I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, happy birthday. Let's sing happy birthday to Ashley. <clears throat> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ashley. Happy birthday to you. Oh, here we go. Look, Molly 26 Row says he died before they started, but the team decided not to tell her until after the whistle blew. Wow. Absolutely. The right, the right, right decision. Because yeah, she would have wanted to win. So often you see these stories of when people were delayed being told something and how the anger goes on forever. Oh, Clodagh says, Molly, he saw the goal and <clears> died <throat> just after. Oh. No, okay. So we're getting confusing reports. music Okay, reports we'll in. look into that. Okay, guys, yeah. look, have a good, good Monday mm -hmm. and we will see you later. Lots of love.